Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. My name is Lawrence Byrne and I'm the training director at Adventist Frontier Missions. And I've had the privilege of uh, serving with Adventist Frontier Missions for the last 10 years. My calling to missions started when I was in high school. I grew up in South Africa and had the uh, opportunity to go to school with missionary kids whose parents were serving in various places in Africa. And during breaks, they would invite me to go to the mission stations with them. And, and that's kind of where I caught the missions bug. The uh, missions bug is, is kind of terminal and it kind of takes over your whole life. I went to um, Helderberg College, studied theology, and then uh, ended up coming to uh, Weimar College, where I finished up my degree in theology, pastoral ministry, took a year off to go and serve as a student missionary in Micronesia, and uh, I was a teacher on the island of Palau. During this time, I came to the conclusion that missions is to Christ as the microscope is to the cell and the telescope is to the universe. What that meant to me was that through the gift of missions, we actually have a chance to see the majesty and the minute details of the glory and the grace of God in a way that we experience it in in no other way. As I've transitioned into serving with Adventist Frontier Missions, served on many different capacities, uh, assistant to the president and an international uh, field director, and now training director, I've come to see the hand of God working in missions like second to none. And what I've realized is that missions is actually not our story, it's his story. That when we're working in a missions organization or part of the church or part of God's work, that we have the profound opportunity and privilege of being drawn up into something very big that God's doing. So I wanted to share a story today that's kind of been a defining story in my understanding of what it means to be part of God's mission, to be drawn into the grand story of God and the opportunity that we have to be missionaries working for an organization like Adventist Frontier Missions or to be missionaries in our homes or in our neighborhoods and our communities. And it all starts, it all starts in Genesis chapter 1. As I've studied uh, Genesis chapter 1 and as I prepare missionaries, what I've come to realize is that Genesis 1, 2, and 3 really set the tone and the direction for the entire scripture. As a matter of fact, what I've learned as I've studied and looked at uh, different scholars and, and authors, and that is that as Moses is writing Genesis 1, 2, and 3, that really becomes the foundation for everything that happens in the rest of the first five books of the Bible, or what we call the Torah. Once Moses is finished writing the Torah, this whole story of how God creates the world and and, and raises up the the patriarchs and then liberates his people from Egypt and then they get all the way to the the promised land, to the very edge of the promised land before we go into Joshua and Judges, Um, Moses takes him right to the very edge of the promised land and what we realize is that what happens in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 is God setting the DNA or the agenda of his mission and Moses gets that and those themes that are introduced in that first book are repeated over and over again in the Pentateuch. 
Well, then what happens is the rest of the Old Testament is based on the assumption that we understand what happened in Moses' writings, that Moses' writings really establishes the foundation of the teaching of God. And then the New Testament, of course, is based on the assumption that we get what God is saying in the Old Testament. So Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3 is the DNA, the kind of the embryo of the grand story of God's work. And, and it starts with kind of the title of my story, which is Made for Blessing. That God actually creates humankind and defines our purpose. Some scholars actually call this the Creation Commission. So in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, we see that God starts out with an intent to make something new and beautiful out of nothing. He hovers over the deep of something very intimate as this picture of the Spirit of God drawing close to the chaos. And he begins to speak and there's light and he separates the first three days. The focus is on separation. He separates light from darkness. That's on day one. On day two, he separates the sky and the water. And on day three, he separates the waters and the earth and creates all of the plants, all of the plants that cover the surface of the earth. So by the first three days, God finishes his work of establishing the boundaries, setting up the parameters for life to exist. The next three days follow exactly the same order as the first three days. And God now is filling the space that he's created with living things or dynamic objects. So on day four, God fills the night with the stars and the moon. He fills the day with the sun. On day five, he fills the air with the birds and he fills the waters with the, the sea creatures and the, and the water creatures. And then on day six, he makes the land animals. And the culmination of his creation starts in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, where God changes the case, changes the cadence of creation. The way that he's speaking shifts and slows down. And he says, let us make humankind in our image and our likeness. And let them rule. And then God describes the different dimensions of his creation. And he says, again, he establishes very early on that his intention for mankind was to rule over or have dominion over the air, over the water, and over the land. In verse 26, God declares that he's going to make mankind and, and that their job is going to be to have authority over creation. And they're going to bear his image and his likeness. In verse 27, God actually begins the process and makes mankind. And it's a little bit of a surprise. But in verse 27, we discover that when this image and this likeness of God is actually created, what is revealed is not an I, but a we. That the image of God is actually expressed most eloquently when you have male and female living together in the very center and the heart of God's purposes. So in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, God makes mankind and he makes them male, makes us male and female. Then in verse 26, once mankind, humankind is created, the very first thing that God does, the very first thing that comes out of his mouth is an expression of blessing towards mankind. And what this tells me is that we were made for blessing. We were made to experience blessing from the Father. He created us to bless us. And this blessing has a very specific shape. The Bible says that God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. 
As I began to reflect on this in the context of missions, I realized something that has really shifted and changed my heart and my understanding for God's mission on this planet. And that is that God actually intended that we would live under the blessing of God. That we would experience the blessing of God. That we were made for this kind of interaction. And that that blessing looked like the experience of being filled, of filling the earth with fruitfulness and multiplying and increasing over the entire earth. Now, if we go back and understand what is it that is God wanted us to fill the earth with, what is it that we're going to be multiplying and filling the earth with and subduing it? And if you look back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we realize that it was God's plan before the fall. It was God's plan in creation. It's God's plan in the creation commission that we should fill the earth with His image, with His likeness, and with His authority. And that from before Satan and sin enters into the world, this blight that has cast the long shadow of our experience, it was God's plan that the whole earth would be filled with His image and His likeness and His authority and His blessing. What I've realized as we think about missions and sending missionaries, that God actually intends for this space of blessing to be experienced in every human heart and every human family. That it's always been God's design for us to multiply through family networks to multiply His blessing throughout the earth. In Genesis chapter 3, of course, we learn that something horrible happens. And instead of blessing, because of deception, sin and curse is entered into the world. And God steps into this place and what we find, this is where the grand narrative of mission begins. What we realize is that once God's original design is interrupted, He comes back. He comes back with the desire, with the longing, with the purpose to restore His original design and plan. And so instead of blessing and instead of fruitfulness and, and if, instead of abundance and filling the earth, instead of ruling together, after the fall we find that curse replaces blessing. That there's multiplication of pain in the process of bearing children. That instead of multiplying and filling the earth with the glory of God, we're experiencing the multiplication of pain. And that instead of humankind ruling over the earth in unity, there's tension between husband and wife. The Bible says your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. The wonderful news, though, is that God is on a mission. Just as we hear in Genesis chapter 3 that God comes looking for mankind in the cool of the day, God begins the purposeful process of bringing us back to His original design. And so we find time and time again, after the fall, God reiterating His intention to bless. His intention that we would be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the first time that this is expressed most powerfully after the fall is in Genesis chapter 9. After the flood, when God has set the reset button, He expresses exactly, almost exactly the same language to Noah that He did to Adam. Noah is almost a second Adam. He blesses him and he says to him, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so friends, as we think about our mission and we think about the opportunity that we have to be drawn into the grand purposes of God, we realize that from the very beginning that God intended us to enter into a relationship of blessing with Him. And that that blessing was actually for the purpose of filling the earth with the image and the likeness and the glory of God and the authority of God. And that in redemption, God's purpose is to restore in us His image, 
to restore in us His authority, to restore to us the experience of being blessed by God. Now, what's really interesting, and we'll end with this, and that is that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus is actually calling us to what we call the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, Jesus says, I want you to join me in bringing blessing to all the nations of the earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you to the very end of the age. We pray that you will join us in being part of God's grand mission to bring blessing into the world. Adventist Frontier Missions was established as an organization to facilitate God's purposes and calling in ordinary people's lives. If you would like to be a part of Adventist Frontier Missions, there's many ways that you can. You could sign up to be a short-term volunteer if you're a young person or you're wanting to taste it without a family, couple without a family. You could sign up to be a career missionary and serve in an unreached part of the world and be the first to declare the everlasting gospel and the grand story of God. We also offer training to our missionaries and those who are not involved or not going out with AFM can actually come and participate in our summer training experience. We offer a 12-week training opportunity for career missionaries and a one-month training for short-term volunteers. And we would love to have you join us for these experiences and preparation of bringing this blessing and this grand message to the world. So if you have an interest in learning more about Adventist Frontier Missions, you can call us at 1-800-937-4236. That's 1-800-937-4236. Or you can look us up online at www.afmonline.org. Thank you very much. It's been good to spend this time with you.